I can hear on the speaker, switching to AirPods. All right, say something. Hello, sexy. Hello, my friends. Thank you for joining us for the PebCAC podcast, a weekly information security show featuring some all-around good people. It is week 30 of 2022. I'm Chris Louie, and not looking forward to a monkeypox vaccine if things start to get out of hand. We hope you enjoyed last week's special episode, but we are ready to get things back into gear with a serious episode, episode number 70. With me, I have Brian Deach, who treats every episode as a special episode. Uh, Chris, you freaking fear monger, unless I'm out of the loop here, but is I thought mon- monkeypox isn't even a thing anymore. Is that true? Or am I like off base? Is it like flaring back up? It is. There's like the mass vaccination clinics for that now. Okay, but is anyone actually getting it? Uh, I, I don't think there's that many. I think there's like 300 people in California that caught it. So not yet, but it's got to start somewhere. I heard it started at Arby's. So just avoid Arby's, guys. <laughs> We have the meat. <laughs> and the pox, the monkey pox. <laughs> and we have Glenn Medina. Where are you broadcasting from this week? Hey everyone, happy to be here for the podcast. I'm home and I've been working on my tan all week. It's been hard to do, but someone's got to do it. And like I said, I've been sending uh, pictures to both Chris, Brian, and, and Todd here. For quite some time of, of my lovely pictures of drinking in the backyard next to the pool. So hope you guys are jealous. He even got those hard to reach areas like underneath his hooves. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. And the bottom of your hands. <laughs> <laughs> I got I to gotta, I gotta, I gotta tan naked now in the backyard so I can... Oh, there's, there's a sight to see. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. There you go. All right. Well, this Episode week... 71. <laughs> Glenn arrested for public nudity. <laughs> public in, indecency. In his own backyard. <laughs> in his own backyard. Well, that's when Brian's going to fly his drone up there and try to get some aerial footage of that. It'd be awesome. You know, don't judge me. All right. Well, this week's guest is Isaiah Talato. Congratulations on your one-year anniversary here at Zscaler. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah. Thank you, Chris. So I'm a technical account manager here at Zscaler. My background is in security, compliance, networking, including data center and worldwide infrastructure projects and deployments. I had the chance to be in close contact with Zscaler since 2010 as a customer and by the time driving the major migration to ZA. Uh, I can tell a thing or two in, let's say, in IT and, and, and everything that I work with because I've seen a thing or two during my journey so far. I enjoy quality time, quality family time, meaning no kids fighting and yelling while destroying the house. I like to camp with the boys, wife, and Mr. Fluffy, my pet Shih Tzu. I also am, I, I am also a tech geek. I enjoy auto video setup and working with that and also a car motorcycle guy. I'm I'm seeing a little little hint of an accent. Are you uh, from Georgia? Yeah, close to that. A little bit more south. Ah, <laughs> oh, dang it! Get it wrong every single time. Yeah, Georgia, the country. Can... Yeah, I'm yeah, originally I from, Canadian. I forgot to mention, I originally from Brazil, so moved over to the U.S. about 12 years ago, and um, living All right, what's the... living in hot summer, uh, hot sunny Arizona now. What is the best country in the world, Isaiah? Uh, U.S. USA. It is. Oh, look at that. All right. 
Well, we had America. someone from Canada the other day. They're like, no, man, it's, it's, it's Canada. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, the arm wrestle that one out. So, all right. Yeah. Welcome to the U.S., Thank baby. You. Agree right. to disagree. What? You disagree that the U.S. is the greatest place to live? No, with uh, with Dan when he said Canada was the best country. And oh, like, yeah. oh, I guess yeah. we could agree to disagree on that one. Amen. No, I would just yeah, disagree with him. It's okay. <laughs> Combined, we have decades of information security experience and are here not just to educate, but to entertain. We've got four awesome stories for you this week. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. I'd like to take a moment to remember a colleague of ours who recently passed away unexpectedly. It's never easy losing someone you worked with and you will be missed, Mike. Yeah, Mike, Mike was the homie. He was. He was. No doubt. For our opening topic, well, Prime Day came and went without much fanfare this year. Last year, we talked about Tiwu, things we won't use. What was in your guys' Prime Day haul this year? So I was in Cancun. Yeah, I didn't get anything. I was in Cancun. I completely forgot that was even there. I think Chris sent me one link for something, and I was like, yeah, I'll get back to it later. The beach is too pretty right now. And then the sale was over when you went back to it. No, I just never went back to it. <laughs> I don't think he what did you send me? Do you, re- do you remember? PC parts. Oh, yeah. I was supposed to do that. But, yeah, you know, maybe kids. I'll save $32 some other day. <laughs> I uh, I got a mouse pad for my daughter. What else did I get? She uh, want a Pepcac the... mouse pad? Not the big one. You got small ones? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to get that one. one whatever you want. <laughs> that one lights up everywhere, so that's pretty cool. Um, no, I got her a mouse pad. Um, oh, Glenn's frozen. I think we lost him. Hey, guys, I don't want a mouse pad. I just want a real-life mouse. Those would be cool <laughs> and rad. I work for a subpar security company with crappy internet. All right, we lost you there for a minute, Glenn, and... Brian was indeed mocking you, so you're going to have to listen to the episode when it comes out to see what he said about you. Yeah, I know. It's always the case. I, I want, I'm, still, I'm still looking for a pool cleaner, a vacuum pool cleaner. So, yeah, I'm not very happy right now because I could have swore they were a lot more expensive um, this past you know, two prime days than, than anything else. Yeah. But you, Isaiah... Did you buy anything this year? Uh, not Things much. we won't use. Yeah, exactly. That was my mentality, so I avoid like unnecessary purchases this year. My wife works for Amazon, so I'll kind of. You know. Oh, it's Prime Day every day. Yeah, in the exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So, so what do you get for working nice. at Amazon? To, to get like fifty percent off all stuff? <laughs> you wish they they are super cheap on that, and like they give you like a hundred dollars a year, and that thing. It's like a discount on things sold and shipped by Amazon and up to 10% of the, the amount of the purchase. So if you buy something that costs 1000 bucks, it's a $100 discount. That's it. You use your quota for the year. If you buy something that costs $10, they're going to give you $1 discount. That's it. That's what you get. Wow. You don't even get free Prime? You know, none of that stuff? Nope. That was my question number one. As soon as she got the job, I said, well, are we getting free Prime? No. Free Prime, uh, Whole Foods. Nope. That's nope. how the rich gets Nothing. richer, man. That's how that's how it yeah, works. Exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, Bezos didn't get to be the richest man on, on the planet by handing out free Prime. Exactly. I know. He's like, $100? He's like, I can only afford to have 12 yachts, guys. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> think, of the, think of the yachts. Think of the yachts. Uh, for me, I bought a set of masonry bits. I might have some home improvement projects that's going to require me to drill into stucco or cement. So I got some masonry bits for 50% off, but that was about it. I was thinking of getting the new Kindle, like the paper, e-paper Kindle. I'm like, well, there's nothing really wrong with my old one. And the new one has, I think it's just bigger screen, better contrast, auto-adjusting light. But it's like, ah, at the end of the day, I don't really need a new one. I'll live with my current one until it dies. Especially since you have an iPad. Chris, what kind of drill do you have? Yeah. What kind of drill do I have? I have a DeWalt. Yeah. All right. I was going to really knock you hard if you were like, yeah, Black and Decker. Black and Decker. This thing. Yeah. All right. I guess I can't no. tease you on that. No, Glenn's all hiding his Black and Decker did stuff. You, did you, hold on. Did you get some cheap drill bits that weren't Black and Decker? Uh, that were Black and Decker? What'd you get, Chris? Some knockoffs? So I got I got Makita drill bits. So I, I'm using Makita drill bits in a DeWalt drill. There you go. So it's like, you know, pouring coca-cola in a pepsi glass sort of thing uh on that note sadly i can't like ever since covid like both coke and pepsi taste like this diarrhea to me I hate it it's no good anymore Diet not coke, necessarily a bad not thing too bad. so yeah. i'm gonna have to remember to swap them both out for diarrhea the next time we chat <laughs> next time we meet <laughs> maybe you can't tell the difference anyway <laughs> yeah, i just stay away give me a tea guys which preview possibly for a future episode in the near future, we might be seeing each other. Hint, hint. We will be. I will be for sure. Yeah. Well, pending any, any of us getting the vid or monkey pox or travel getting canceled. Well, we'll have to see. Uh, even if I have, it, I'm going, I don't even care. Super spreader. So. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. Government is listening. <laughs> I'm immune anyways. No fly list, Deech. That's it. No fly list, Louis in Medina, but not Deech. Deech, oh, good no. fly. I, I don't know if you noticed, but I I put on a lot of miles these last couple these last couple months. So I'm in the same like I'm literally in the same boat as you. So I got Chicago tomorrow. Well, never mind. I'm not gonna tell everyone my schedule. <laughs> Compared to Robbie, just please, Robbie. Guys, if anyone sees the it, wife and kids are armed and dangerous. If anyone sees them at the airport, uh, sees sees Deech at the airport, please remember to wash your hands if you're in the bathroom with him. Wash your hands yes. unless you want to get, get called, called out. out. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Well, for our first topic, since we missed an entire week of infosec news due to the episode 69 special, we are behind on this story that was widely reported in the infosec community and infuriated security professionals all over the world. We did not report on this story when it first broke because it already got a lot of mainstream media attention, but now there's a twist. Earlier this year, Microsoft announced that they would be disabling VBA macros by default for Office documents that originated from the web. These documents received something called the mark of the web, so internally created documents with macros would not be affected, but all of those infected documents downloaded from the web or through email would have macros blocked by default after 25 plus years of being enabled by default. This caused a rare moment of praise for Microsoft from the InfoSec community and could not come soon enough. Well, after just two months of blocking macros by default, you guessed it, Microsoft rolled back the change and they will be enabled by default again. 
this led to an extreme backlash against Microsoft because what they were doing was actually working. Organizations tracking APT crews, ransomware crews, and the like saw a noticeable drop in macro-related malware, and the development of new exploits completely halted because this would no longer be a viable attack vector. Shame on you, Microsoft. Microsoft officially said this rollback is temporary and they plan to disable it sometime in the future, but offered little detail on that. And whoever's been purple said, I'm Ron Burgundy. I was just curious if you just loud? keep, yeah, I was curious <laughs> if you just blatantly read whatever we put in there. <clears throat> I'm shocked that they did this. Like there must be like a bunch of mom pa shops that are like, man, our accounting stuff doesn't work in Excel anymore because of you guys. I have no idea why they would have I can imagine, taken off this look, awesome idea. T- take it even higher than that, Breach. I bet you a bunch of their own internal Word documents stopped working and they couldn't figure out how to use them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my best guess is some very high-paying customer, maybe a chocolate confectioner manufacturer, maybe a DOD contract, maybe you know, 100,000 user organization complained and said, this is totally breaking our workflows. You got to turn it on now or we're canceling. And then Microsoft caved in. That's that's my guess on what happened. Or maybe, yeah, you're right. It's probably that. I don't think it's something like smart butt to say, but I got nothing. Zay, what do you think? What happened here? You have the inside scoop. You're Tam. You know everything. Tell us what you detected at Zscaler being a Tam with your disabled VBA macros. Absolutely. Go. Yeah. I'll totally do that. And, and if anybody doesn't know what a TAM is for our audiences that don't work at Zscaler or in the field, uh, Isaiah is a technical account manager responsible for the relationship from a technical standpoint with within the accounts, right? In the accounts that he serves. Is that right, Isaiah? Did I say that? That's that's correct, Glenn. Yeah. Yeah. You don't... You, Arguably... Yeah, go ahead. Arguably the worst job to have, in my opinion, because whew, you catch some heat, brother. Oh yeah, no <laughs> doubt. <laughs> For sure, I have to get the, you know, screaming customers, frustrations, and things like that. And uh, but it's a lot of fun on the battlefield, so it's a good gig. So did you get it? I, you know, actually, the the only worst job would be a TAM at Microsoft that had to fill the calls about their VBA scripts being disabled. <laughs> I can only imagine Isaiah getting a call on this. Is like, hey. You know, it's because of Zscaler that my my macros aren't working. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I haven't just told Zscaler. Now everything's not working anymore. Yeah. So. Hey guys, my check engine light came on. This yeah. Zscaler stuff is BS. <laughs> like, we're not in your car, brother. We're not in the car yet. 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 What? Yet. So, so Isaiah, what is the craziest thing? And don't name drop any customers. But what is like the craziest thing that they pointed the finger at? You know, at you, and you're like, wait a second. This doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, I, I, I can mention something like funny, and I was actually helping someone else. Uh, customer complaining of, I'm trying to load this ISO image, and, you know, Zscaler is not, it's causing some issues here in the mix. And I happened to realize that he was trying to pretty much upload the Geek Plus ISO image inside a data center, through ZPA, and and I just told this fellow, hey, you're not supposed to do that. You copy the ISO image to inside your data center, and from there, you connect from home to your IPMI 
uh, and, and then you kind of load the image, but he was trying to do that and he was not understanding why he's failing. I think there's a lot of things in the mix because it's there's your internet connectivity that goes to the broker, it goes to your application connector, it goes to your, the data center. So it's not the ideal scenario to do something crazy like that. So that was one of the things. Other things like complaining about speed. I hired like 10 gigabits at my home. Why are only seeing like 300 megs? That's absurd. This killer is like, you know, screw me up. So that's the type of things that we need to go through and explain and uh, go into the details where the actually factors that contribute to, to different speeds and, and best practices around um, how the customers need to operate with the solutions. All I heard is someone has 10 gig internet at home and I'm jealous. Yeah. How do you get that? I can barely get one. Well, for the right, for the right price, yeah, you exactly. can get it. Exactly. Yeah, I, I know someone that works here that has 10 gig internet at home. Some places you can't get 10 gig. One gig right. fiber backup. Yeah. Is, does his name rhyme with Boxhoven? <laughs> for the right price, they'll roll 10 gig fiber to you. Like I said, money can fix all these issues. <laughs> That's pretty cool. All right, and speaking of money can fix all issues, uh, for our second topic, an Avaya systems administrator has been accused of stealing $88 million worth of Avaya VoIP licenses. The sysadmin started generating license for Avaya VoIP products using internal tools and then reselling them at steep discounts through a shady reseller. So for those of you who don't know, Avaya is a IP telephony company. They make video conferencing services, phone conferencing service, they make soft phones and the like, and VoIP is voice over IP. The sysadmin took measures to hide his tracks and steal account credentials of other sysadmins to continue the scam and make it harder for Avaya to figure out who was behind the scam. These are not just software-generated license keys. The licenses are loaded onto an SD card, burned in with a unique serial number and physically shipped to the customer who needs to plug the SD card in to activate the licenses. This was a very well thought out plan, but the law finally caught up with him. As we know on this podcast, crime does not pay and the sysadmin is facing years of jail time. $88 million though. How much did he actually take? Did he make $88 million? No. So that's the, those are the damages Avaya claims uh, they suffered because if the, if he had sold the licenses at you know full retail, it would have been eighty eight million dollars. But he sold it at a steep, steep discount. So even even ninety nine percent off, he still made off with eight point eight million dollars. Hmm, is that enough, Brian? <laughs> uh, yeah, like, we're getting really close. <laughs> How much time is he gonna is he gonna face of jail time? Like that seems that's my type, like that is like zero effort type of. Uh, scamming the system right there but 88 million that's probably like list price like they ain't nobody spending 88 million dollars worth of avaya yeah even real customers don't spend i mean list price right 88 million yeah yeah who's the shady reseller uh some no-name partner it wasn't like one of the national real resellers it was just some some no-name partner that they sold through i mean that he had you would think they'd be like avaya's partner of the year if they're selling 88 million dollars worth of licenses and that, and it's just this tiny reseller was he also the president <laughs> of the shady reseller i think he was asking customers to pay with like google store or apple cards you know that's that's true, yeah. yeah. So just, it was oh my it was, god. Just go to a target, sort of, buy me a like iTunes card and uh, <laughs> pay for this license here. 
All right, never mind. No, this wasn't worth it. <laughs> you don't you don't Give want like a one hundred year please. subscription to Apple TV Plus? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. You can't monetize that. That's insane. <laughs> he was also Bitcoin. Jeez. He was also taking like PayPal and he routed it through some yeah. accounts and through bank accounts and I'm sure there's some wire fraud and money laundering charges in there as well. Like, Do you think the customer knew? Oh yeah. 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 Like when would you buy an enterprise grade license using PayPal or iTunes gift cards? So are they culpable here as well? It's culpable the right word to even use. You got you could probably plead the, the shaggy defense on this one. I don't know what you guys are talking about. It wasn't me. I I went through the reseller, I signed, I got my my phone licenses and I'm done. Right? So does my phone system work? Yeah. That's pretty be it. I don't know how hard they'll go after the customers because I mean receiving stolen property is a crime. Like if I if I buy a stereo out of the a back of a white van and it's ninety nine percent off retail, like yeah, you should have known this was stolen or something was wrong and you are culpable if that happened. So if the law wanted to go after them, I'm sure they could, but I think they want to just make an example <clears throat> of this guy. Is this considered like white well, collar you know, crime? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But think about it like this, like <laughs> like let's say they don't say anything uh to the customer, right? And they just like this the renewal comes through. It's like, "Hey, uh Last year it was eight thousand dollars, but this year it's uh, eight hundred thousand dollars. They'd be like, "What the hell, man? Why is my renewal so high?" <laughs> is it what, what were you putting up on your no, I'm just screen? Saying, just You're choking, joking on the on the gift cards thing. Oh no, that's not funny. Oh, you were. If okay. you didn't say yeah, it, I was <laughs> going to. Don't worry about it, Isaiah. <laughs> we don't mess around on I this. I believed show. you, yeah. man. I'm yeah, an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they did. They did ask for like payment in PayPal and oh, stuff. Yeah. So there, uh-huh. there was a complicated web of bank accounts and money laundering. I'm sure that that's not going to help his case and yeah. won't help him plead the shaggy defense. Is the reseller in trouble too? Oh, I'm sure. Co-defendants. I'm sure. I, I bet yeah. they're going to arrest the reseller and then he, they're going to turn him into state's evidence and help testify against the sysadmin. Do you think this guy was like, hey, you know, you remember that story about Kevin Mitnick and? He got hired to work for the government. I don't know. Did he ever work for the government once he stopped doing his thing? Think of it yeah, like I'm general. Sure he did. Like, yeah, like, you know, I'm going to be a contractor. I mean, imagine this guy's like, hey, I got a plea agreement for you. How about I go work for the CIA? They're like, dude, you're, you're just stealing licenses. There's really nothing sexy about this. We don't want you over here. I bet <laughs> you tried that. I would have. Yeah, nothing clandestine about just generating licenses and t- accepting PayPal payment for them. Yeah, if it was something more clever that had applicable skills and, you know, offensive security, because offensive security is so hot right now, they might turn them. But no, they're going to make an example of this guy. You don't steal from these multi-million dollar companies. Well, does... you know who was really good at safeguarding their keys was F5. Like you could generate like dev licenses that were good for like 30 days, but it was impossible to generate a production license, even get your hands on it. Like it was... There'd be hell to be paid. Like, yet, I think it was like all, and same thing, even like, uh, I've heard with like Paul Alto. Like, you can't even generate like an eval license without there like being an SFDC opportunity there tied to it as well. So, so according this, yeah, but this guy was the sysadmin though. So, he, he probably was, the, it was probably the fox guarding the hen house, I'm yeah. sure. It was, uh, three people indicted. It was Dusty Pierce and then 
the resellers, the reseller and the reseller's wife out of Oklahoma. Yeah. Pretty yeah, even half of that $8.8 million can buy you a lot of stuff and land in Oklahoma. Yeah. I was trying to look for this guy's LinkedIn, but uh, I don't think he's no longer there. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone. It's gone. Imagine that. <laughs> oh, speaking, speaking of LinkedIn, uh, you know who got out of jail is Martin Screlly. And uh, I, I've been trying to connect with him on LinkedIn because our, our buddy Zoltan is friends with him on LinkedIn. So I thought maybe now he's out of jail, he might accept my LinkedIn invite, but so far, no. What a jerk. If you're listening, dude, accept the friend request. That's right. Yeah, we, that's what I'm saying. Accept the friend request and come on the pod, right? On the podcast. There you go. Yeah. Heck, go to Black Hat. I'll buy you a beer. There you go. Unless you're not allowed to have beer. I'll buy you a, a Shirley Pepsi Temple. and a Coke. Yeah. Shirley Temple. <laughs> not that I'm going to Black Hat or DEF CON, just saying. All right. For our third topic. Uh, we have some good news in the InfoSec world. PyPy, the maintainers of Python and the most popular projects, have now mandated multi-factor authentication for projects they deem as critical. A critical project is that one that which falls in the top 1% of downloaded libraries. Forcing MFA is their way to help stop supply chain attacks where hackers inject malicious code into a popular library and poison the upstream software. PyPy is even sending out 4,000 Google Titan hardware keys to the developers to help facilitate the change. And Google Titan hardware keys are very similar to UB keys. They're not one and the same, but very similar to that. It's a USB key. You have to have it plugged in. Proof of something you have and proof of presence. You have to tap the key just like a UB key. Similar in the same way. I got it. Exactly. Well, there's always someone that has to go against the grain. There's a popular library that was deemed critical, but the developer didn't like that PyPy was forcing MFA on him, so he deleted the library, then re-uploaded it under a new account so that would no longer be considered critical. That's pretty clever on one hand, but on the other hand, that's a crappy thing to do, knowing so many people rely on your library. Just like that XKCD comic that the entire software ecosystem or the internet relies on some open source project maintained by one developer that doesn't get paid enough to maintain it. Do we know what the library was? Yeah, I, I could look it up. It, I, I didn't recognize it, but I'm also not a Python <laughs> user. It's probably Wink API. That's, that's what happened. <laughs> for those of you listening, I used to have Wink at my house until it was down for like the last 20 days. And I decided <laughs> to, to jump ship. And I don't understand. Like I was trying to explain it to my wife and kids. I'm like, it doesn't matter what the change was. Like, it's very easy to roll back. It doesn't take twenty days, maybe a couple days, but not twenty. All right, this is something and, insane is going on. Counting, I think they got right? hit with ransomware and counting and counting. Yeah, I think it's still down. So you think they sent like a, a picture of the guys to the ransomware guy and probably lost all their files, <laughs> <laughs> just like yeah, told them we're not paying. Yeah, that was that. They're probably like. We're not going to pay you even one Bitcoin. Like literally, like, we, we, we're dying here. <laughs> we don't even have enough people to, we can even pay our employees. And we only charge $5.99 or $4.99 a month for our API. And oh, by the way, the API uh, login URL is actually down. And it's been down for like a year. And we don't have the cycles to even get that up and running. So it just sounds like a company circling the drain at that point. 
It, uh, definitely. If they haven't gone down the drain already, I mean, holy cow. Yeah. They, they will be after this last fiasco. Heck, yeah, yeah. even the uh, the developer URL is down. Like, is this, they, they completely even yanked the DNS record from that. All right, so the PyPy project is Atomic Rights, that, and that gets about 6 million downloads per month. And that's the guy that yanked his repository and then re-uploaded it so he wasn't considered critical anymore. All right, what does it do? All these questions, Brian, all these questions. What you guys say? Do you dabble any at all in, in Python? No. <laughs> uh, back in, yeah, yeah, definitely have done a lot of stuff in Python in the past. But not one that's ever, even to this day, that would require MFA. It's called Atomic Pi or Atomic Rights. Yeah, it's called Atomic Rights. One word. Yeah, you lost me at Pi Pi. <laughs> oh, look at that. All financial and banking systems run a version of Atomic Rights. Just kidding. <laughs> I would have believed it if you said it and if you didn't say just kidding. Oh, it's yeah. quite possible that all these backend systems use some obscure open source project that's being maintained by one disgruntled developer. It is the backbone to BGP. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, that explains a lot. DNS fundamentals are all built upon atomic. Oh, God. Just kidding. <laughs> All right, for our last topic, and it'll be a rotating topic every week. This week, we're going to stick with our theme of tech. And here's a story that will make you collectively roll your eyes and say, really? Phone carriers are considering a plan to show rotating ads on smartphone lock screens. It's common in the developing world and less so, but still present in the developed world that Android smartphones come preloaded with bloatware apps like Facebook and Uber. Those companies pay the handset makers to preload these apps and have no way of uninstalling them in an attempt to sign up new users. The idea is when the phone is locked, advertisers have a very captive audience because you will see the ad when attempting to unlock your phone or imagine some kind of dystopia where you have to watch a 15 second ad to unlock your phone just like it's a YouTube video. This will obviously never fly in an iPhone, but very scary in the direction we are going. This reminds me of that Kindle you were talking about, Chris. You can buy the ad ad free or the or the ones with ads, like and it's it's a difference of what twenty bucks sometimes. Yeah, that I don't mind so much because a Kindle is you it doesn't gate you from doing it and then you know there's a social contract trade-off that yeah i agree to watch these ads for in exchange for a discounted price but a smartphone that's something you pick up you know average person picks up their smartphone 160 170 times a day it's that can get annoying real fast real quick yeah try putting an ad on one of those little alphanumeric phones you know the little flip ones the flip phones <laughs> yeah there's a will there's a way this reminds me like uh i mean I think it was a Family Guy episode. It's like uh, talking about the in, in, the inevitable. And it's like it's like sexy with Colby Bryant. You can kick and scream all you want, but it's still gonna happen. <laughs> and I know that's terrible, but it was really funny at the time. But yeah, like I was thinking about this, like a very similar thing. Like not gonna have to watch YouTube ads, but at some point in time, I think the federal government is gonna look at all these smart cars and be like, wait a second, it'd be pretty rad if we just like 
get all of Chris's and Brian's and Isaiah's and Glenn's driving history. And every time they just kind of cruise through a stop sign or, you know, make a right on red, you know, how about we just, you know, pull that information and then just send a bill, right? Like you have, you owe $17.98 for driving like a poor human being. I think it will eventually happen. What? Some law will get passed and our information will have to get shared and that will but they, eventually become our... They did try to start doing that. They start doing that though, right? They started putting red light cameras in towns and locations and then some of them have been very successful and been there forever and giving red light tickets to a bunch of, bunch of people that own the cars and still they realized that some of those cars, you know, that I guess there was an argument that like, hey, it wasn't me. I'm the registered owner, but that wasn't me that was driving the car at that time. And so that... I think that's been put into like some of the court systems and the courts have gone, yeah, validate who it is that's inside there and it's driving the car. Dude, my, my, so I have many vehicles, but my daughter was driving a car that's registered to just me. She ran a red light and the ticket came to her, even though the car is registered in my name. Wow. The the, the facial recognition software was amazing. That's crazy. Yeah. They could like pull it from the DMV database or something. I'll tell you how that works. They're like, this person's got hair. This person's got hair. It's not Brian. There's no way. (laughs) (laughs) There's no way. (laughs) The head's too shiny. (laughs) (laughs) The head's not shiny. That is amazing, though. Now, Brian, that is really cool. Right? It is, right? I mean, it wasn't cool for her. She had to do driver school and all that good stuff. I got hit with a red light camera, but I was going so fast that I never, I don't think they, they were able to capture the presence of deep. Like, I, I don't know what happened. Like I saw it flash. I was like, oh, there's no way. Like this is like a 25 mile an hour zone. And I, I was going like 90. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think it was calibrated to even work. I thought for sure they got me, but six months went by, nothing God, in the mail. Nice. And watch what show up Ladies tomorrow. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we have a felon on this podcast. <laughs> Our first ever is is is, is uh, no, I've had you on here for a while, buddy. I don't think that's criminal. It's not a felony. That's true. So twenty when, over is only felony. Or I, not was a felony. Visit, so I was visiting one of my old college roommates out at ASU, and then we did the drive up to the Grand Canyon, and he got he got nabbed. He was driving. We, we rented a, a red Camaro, so you can imagine a red Camaro yeah. going very fast on that freeway. Of course, that's going to be cop bait, and then uh, yeah, the, the police officer pulled us over and. Uh, yeah, now he has a criminal record because apparently it's like a misdemeanor. Um, speeding at that speed in Arizona is a misdemeanor. Yeah, they can arrest you and impound your car if they wanted to. Normally, they're pretty cool about stuff, but yeah, they could they can be a jerk. So I'll I'll I'll, I'll give you a little hint on what we used to do in Germany back in the days when I was in the military. So in Germany, they have a lot of these red light cameras, <laughs> very prevalent everywhere, right? And they also have speed traps with these red light cameras. Well. Yeah, it's very common for soldiers to rotate in and out of the, the military base, and when they do, they sell their car, right? And when they sell their car, they're pretty much they're out of there, right? They're 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 going back home, not to return, right? So a lot of them were like, "Hey, let's jump in the car, you know, and uh, go ahead and run a whole bunch of red lights," and they'll do crazy things like moon the camera um, from the front seat. <laughs> Of course, <laughs> they'll, of course, they'll, as you would. They'll hang out the cars, you know, full hoodie, can't see anything but their face, and they're they're doing. You know, we're just doing all kinds of uh, childish and and moronic things at that age, but uh, it's quite fun. And uh, I can't tell you how many times I've done it, but it's quite a bit. And uh, I don't, I've never follow up with anyone to see if they've ever gotten a ticket, 
or if those tickets have ever traced them back to the U.S., but it's truly a fun thing to do. How many, well, how many speeding tickets have you guys had? I got one. Zero. During my all-time U.S., just one. So I, I've had so many speeding tickets that I almost lost my license. But what I had discovered is that uh, I lived in a small town, and that's the only thing they had better to do was just pull over teenage kids and just give us tickets to be jerks. Because when I moved from this small town I grew up in to, to down here in the valley, and people are like, you got a speeding ticket? Like, how fast are you going? I was like, yeah, it's 11 over. They're like, what are you talking about? Like, like I drive 20 over all the time. <laughs> and it's just, it has something to do with proximity, right? Like, the small town, they just love to nab you That's up. It. Like, they're just bored or something. Yeah. I don't have any, like, I have zero. I have zero friends. Uh, no, number one, I have no friends. But of the friends <laughs> that I actually do have that live down here, ain't none of them ever get tickets. Oh, wow. Have you had any in the, in the last five to ten years? No, since I since I left that small town, yeah. um, I think I had one speeding ticket where I, I was I was moving like on the freeway and I just blew by like this this cop and he, he gave it to me, but it was, it was no big deal. Since then, nothing. But if I go to that small town, man, I am paying attention because I go back every like, once in a while. Your face is on that wanted poster at the police. You're station. getting arrested, like, Brian. Pull this guy over. <laughs> Brian's getting arrested. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna come and get me. I don't mess around with small towns anymore. I go to the speed limit. How about you, Isaiah? Or Glenn? <laughs> it, the... I just got one ticket. It was stupid. Not even driving my car, and uh, just got a rental. And uh, was getting ready to go to work, and then start driving. As soon as I turned, uh, you know, the, the the corner nearby here, the, there was a, um, a motorcycle cop, and they are there just for whatever. Once he was like hit one mile over the speed limit that they're going to just pull you over and uh, give a ticket. So I knew just say, yeah, okay, fine. And just did the online class and that's it. So, yeah, so I would, pain. I would, I'm an expert at this. So one mile, anything below 10, you shouldn't even take, you just pay the fine because it doesn't even get reported to insurance 10 and or 11 and over does. So you should have saved that get out of jail free card. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Get out of jail free card on an actual speeding ticket. So shame on you. Yeah. Uh, going back to our, our story here, do you think Apple would ever do this? They throw ads on our phones. No, never. The, their margins are so high on their phone; they don't they don't need to do this. Like this is usually the subsidized Android phone, so that people can afford them. If you're buying yeah. an iPhone, you can afford an iPhone. Apple's not gonna go down that route. They they'd rather cheapen the product than uh, add, put ads on it. I would never say never. I don't know if you guys saw, but BMW was thinking about to charge a monthly fee for this the the, the heating on the seats heated seats yeah, yeah. for the heated That's seats absurd. so i i don't know there's <laughs> a lot of craziness going on well tesla's charging you can subsidize the auto the co-pilot now or the autopilot by month now mm-hmm. instead of pay as a service as opposed to buying the whole package so so autopilot comes standard it's the full self-driving yeah. you could pay for monthly yeah so, so Chris, do you think you got the full, well, the the self driving beta because you've had your car for so long? Like, you probably only paid like five grand for it uh, when it first came out, right? I think I got it because I'm a safe driver and my I had a pretty high safety score. Despite, uh, I'll just say, there's more than one driver in this family that drives that car. Um, I was driving the score up, and I'll say the other driver was <laughs> driving it down. And despite that, I still maintained it high enough that they finally gave it to me. But it, it took like eight months. It was a long time. So I don't think it had anything to do with how long I had it. I, I think it 
was solely driven by why, the safety why, score. Why would you talk I about mean, Nick that way? Nick's Nick, Nico's only three years old. <laughs> <laughs> it's all that drag racing he did in, yeah. the, in the car. <laughs> Lead foot grace is really the problem here. Uh, we we finally got our school score out of the eighties. It was like in the low eighties for there for a while, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're at ninety five. But one of the crazy things is we have like uh, anytime we pull into our driveway, uh, it's like defensive mechanisms kicking in, is warning us. I'm like, dude, this is my house. Like, back <laughs> off. So we have to use the blinker to pull into our driveway. <laughs> yeah, in, in the Bay Area here, I, I think the thing you know, I'll, I'll, talk, I'll speak about myself. The thing I personally got dinged for is falling too close, and it's just because that's how people drive here in the Bay Area. Like, if if you're not you know, less than one car length away from the car in front of you. No one's going to let you in. Like you have to be aggressive or you're yeah. going to get left in the dust. That's, that's just Bay Area driving. My freaking dad only had his car for a month and he got the full self-driving beta. Huh. Full self-driving. So, yeah. so yeah, I think, yeah, that's, that's the trick is if you, everybody starts at a hundred and then when you start doing dumb things, then it starts dropping. So if you can maintain that 100 and not do anything, to drop your score for a certain period of time, then then you can get it pretty. What score are you guys talking about? I've never seen way, this app on the Tesla. It's on the on your mobile app. And for the record, my dad scares the absolute crap out of me. Anytime we go to Florida and we're like hanging out, he like I don't understand how he's still alive. Like the dude is a maniac. <laughs> like like even my kids who like enjoy a good time they're in the back praying right they got bibles are open they're like oh my gosh like we're, today's the day we're gonna meet jesus we're dead and uh, i don't know how he did it maybe he was just like kind of like in the autopilot or i have no idea how he the way he drove a ford expedition versus how he's been driving his tesla must be night and day difference there's no way he's a safe driver <laughs> so so glenn to answer your question you have to have the hardware 3.0 so you would have had to pay for the full self-driving upgrade to get the safety score oh, oh. okay do you, so have, you have, it? have that Is on your phone Mm-mm. yeah that's why you don't have it you don't have the right hardware i'm good so i don't need focus. it i don't need it yeah i need to be Are you paid for that a reminder of man i work with some really cool people i must not be cool to have that kind of stuff yeah you're not cool i'm not far from cool <laughs> All right. Well, we continue to get great comments about our dad joke of the week. Dad joke of the week. This week, our guest Isaiah is up. All right. You guys asked for that. So first one here. Do you guys know who is the most lonely billionaire? Most lonely. Who's that? Most lonely what? Who is the most lonely billionaire? Oh. Bill Gates. It's Elon Musk. Alone Musk. Winner, winner. You asked for wah. it. Yeah, one more. I can. I can. What is the scariest tree? What's the square? The scariest tree. The scariest tree. Yeah. I don't know. Time over. It's bamboo. <laughs> that's a winner 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 nice all right to wrap things up prime day this year was uneventful yet again microsoft went back on their pledge to discontinue macros and that's upsetting literally everybody 
don't sell cheap VoIP licenses unless you want to meet Johnny Law. PyPy is now mandating multi-factor authentication, which is being praised by everybody except one disgruntled developer. And you might be seeing ads on your phone's lock screen any day now. That's all I have for this week. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. You can find us all on LinkedIn. Links will be in the description. Follow us on Instagram at Pebcac Podcast. Thank you to all our listeners and subscribers who rate us five stars in the iTunes store and Spotify and left us a review. We appreciate you all spreading the word to help grow the show. The best way to find us is to search for the Pebcac Podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. For my co-host Brian Deach and Glenn Medina and our guest Isaiah Tolado, I'm Chris Louie. Thanks for listening. We'll see you all next week. And as always, have a nice day. Thanks, everybody. Let's be real, Chris. Ain't ain't nobody that takes security, uh, you know, correctly running an or running an Android phone. I don't see it happening. <laughs> There's not one listener out there that has an Android phone right now. <laughs>